0: morning everyone uh, very good to see you Um even though we can't see you but um yeah hope you're well so just a little bit of exercise to get us kicked off first of all you need to do this so wherever you are you just need to do this so i'm looking at that camera like that and then you put them in your eyes and do that right and then you're awake and then you get your hands like this in this position see that and then you do this like yes they're open and then you get them like this in like a grippy motion and you do that and you're like pull your heart, so your heart is open as well. And then lastly, you have to put your hands like this, and then grip onto the seat, because it's already 10.09, and we have got so much to get through. So we're doing a brand new series uh, for the next four weeks. It's called Prepare for Reentry. It's very dramatic, and it's really, as we have been... Um, in lockdown for a period of time, there is a re-entry, much like the space shuttle, where astronauts maybe have been on the International Space Station for months at a time. And there is a a preparation for reentry, not just physically for the shuttle itself, which of course has these um, had should I say these heat resistant panels and it 's quite a traumatic thing for um, any spacecraft to come back into Earth or anything to come into the earth 's um, orbit and atmosphere, but also obviously psychologically, emotionally, mentally, a fair bit of preparation for those astronauts as well well we haven 't all quite been in space, but it has been pretty traumatic for some people. And we would love for lockdown to be a portal so that we emerge differently rather than simply heading back to the normal. So we, are, we have four parts, excuse me, itchy eye. We have four parts. Part one is coming today. Part two, we're gonna be looking at living with fear. What does it, it feel like? What's it like to have to live with fear? Not necessarily fear in us, but fear all around us. What about our diaries and priorities? This is session three. Who should I spend my time with? Never before probably in our time have our diaries emptied out so dramatically. And yet here we are in a time where our diaries are starting to build back up. What should we put in them? And lastly, week four, a new rhythm, putting everything together. But we're starting with this. Number one, born to do What? What are you born for? So I'm going to start with some questions. Are you ready? What if you're not just a random collection of approximately 7 billion, billion, billion carbon, oxygen, and hydrogen atoms? What if you being the way you are is not an accident? What if your eyes are where they are for a reason and your your knees work how they do for a particular purpose? What if your personality, with all its intricacies, is actually beautiful and not random? Your ability to think and feel. What if your uniqueness isn't an accident at all? So this question, what if you're designed, you're crafted, you've been fashioned, what if you're designed? Well I got to this place 34 and a bit years ago, it was January the 30th 1986, it was during the teacher strikes and I was at home. And I've told this story before but I'd connected with a local church group. To be honest, I went to that church, A, because my sister did, and then B, because my sister did. I could see there were a lot of nice girls there. So what better reason to go to church, right? So as a young teenager, I started going along. And many of them there had had this event happen to them, as far as I could see, where they had connected with God. They'd made commitments, as as the, the wording was. And their lives seemed to be changing as far as I could see, they were deeply moved and changed and motivated. So there I was, sat in my lounge, 30th of January, 1986, it was a Thursday, two days actually after the Space Shuttle Challenger exploded not long after takeoff. And I asked myself, huh, what if I'm designed... Do you ever find things lying around your house out on a walk or on the beach or you find something and you and you pick it up and you sort of go what 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 is that like wow that's yeah you look and instinctively it speaks of design you think well, I can I can see this has been this has been made for something it's been designed and you have a look at it you ask anyone else in the family and then you do the only respectable thing you can do. You pop it in the man drawer. And then at some point, in years to come, when you decide to clear out your man drawer, you'll look at it again and go, yeah, it definitely belongs to something. It's a definitely, I'm gonna pop it back in the man drawer. I did much the same. I sat in the chair in my lounge, and I thought about my friends, and I, I thought about the change that seemed to be happening to them and the impact, and I considered my design just in my body alone. I have approximately 100,000 miles of blood vessels. I have a complex balancing system that means I can stand, I can walk, I can even hop. My ability to feel things, to know things, to wonder. I mean, the minutest of chances of my five senses that I have, that I can interact with the world, the minutest of chances of those evolving. The Sistine Chapel. I've never seen it. I've seen pictures. It's considered one of the most iconic pieces of art ever created, designed and painted, of course, by Michelangelo. If you were in this country, he'd probably be Sir Michelangelo. But it was painted between 1508 and 1512. I have never yet met anyone or read anywhere of anyone who has seen that ceiling and then wonders if, hmm, I think I know how this was done. I think what someone did was they got lots of tins of paint and they put them in the middle of the room in one big pile and in the middle of the pile they put some explosives. And then they went back a very long way, at least 100 metres and let's go old-fashioned, they pushed the plunger. Explosion, and they just let the magic happen. No, I've never heard anybody say that. The beauty, the detail, the intricacy of that ceiling reeks of design and intentionality. And so, as I sat in my lounge, in the chair in the corner, I responded in the only way that would make sense. I was, after all, 13 years old and remain fairly linear, logical, progressive. I did what I, the only thing I could think was the right response, which was I reached out to the designer, if he was there. My prayer went something like this, God, I don't even know if you exist, but if you do, then I probably really need to get to know you. David, who wrote much of the book of Psalms, which is a collection of poetry and song, he says this, when I consider your heavens, the the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place. And then he goes on to say, You created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. And in that moment, peace poured over me. It's very difficult to describe, but it is like someone got a jug, but it wasn't full of water. It was full of peace. I cannot think of a better way to explain it. And it was like it was poured over me. I had no idea what was going on, but it was the most incredible feeling. In that moment, I connected with my designer. And it turns out that he wanted me to know him as father, papa, dad. I mean, God has lots of titles, countless accolades, but it turns out that he prefers dad. So I continued my schooling, and after doing a year selling crisps and snacks to the retail trade, I completed a music degree. But then it was in my early 20s that I began to formulate wording around a feeling that I had had growing for a long while, and it was this. If I've been designed, then I must have a purpose. i must say that again. If I've been designed, Then I must have a purpose. Sure, I mean, God is a creator and therefore he creates, right? So to some extent, I am merely God's handiwork on display. You are very welcome. But so are you. You are God's handiwork on display too. So just as a little aside, this bit's in brackets. Stop being so negative about yourself. You are God's handiwork on display. And you might not always like what you see when you look in a mirror, but God always looks at you, and he's proud. So finally, in my early 20s, I sat with God one morning and asked him, what am I designed for? What's my purpose? What have you had me born to do? And he answered, and that is one of the key reasons that I'm now doing what I do. But in that moment, that was significant for me, and again, I was seated. I remember exactly where I was seated. Boom. That moment, there it is. My identity is in place. I knew him already as God, as a father. And now, my purpose flows out of that place. So we'll say this. You can't find out what you're for without knowing who you are. Knowing who you are has got to come first. You can't find out what you're for without knowing who you are. And you can't know who you are until you know whose you are. I'll say that one again. You can't know who you are until you know whose you are. So Jesus, he got baptised by his cousin John. John wasn't happy about it really. He's like, whoa, it should be the other way around, really. And Jesus said, no, 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 this needs to be done. It's been prophesied years before this needs to happen. This is as God intended. It says this, As Jesus rose up out of the water, the heavenly realm opened up over him and he saw the Holy Spirit descend out of the heavens and rest upon him in the form of a dove. Then suddenly, the voice of the Father shouted from the sky, saying, This is the Son I love, and my greatest delight is in him. Wow. Jesus then goes into the desert for a time, spends time with God, which ended with a test. And if you are trying to find out what you're for, expect that to be tested When he comes out of the desert, he goes into the synagogue. Think across between like a town hall, community center and a church. He goes into the synagogue and he was handed a scroll from the book of Isaiah, which is in the, in the Old Testament, the first part of the Bible. And he began to read. Says this in, this is in Luke chapter four, verse 18. You can look it up later. The spirit of the Lord is upon me and he has anointed me to be hope for the poor freedom for the broken-hearted, new eyes for the blind, and to preach to prisoners, you are set free, like Daniel Allen. I have come to share the message of jubilee, for the time of God's great acceptance has begun. It's not included here, but it goes on to say, the eyes of everyone were fastened upon him. He handed the scroll back and sat down. Dun, 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 it's dramatic, So Jesus came to know whose he was as he grew up with God. He knew who he was at his baptism and he knew what he was for and he learnt that in the desert. And I'm sorry to say that sometimes it is desert times in which we learn what we are for. Kind of like when you can't do your normal daily thing and you're taken out of your daily routine and lots of what you would normally do doesn't exist. Sounding familiar? So he discovered what he was for in the desert. Then he came into the synagogue confident to be able to declare to others and live out what his purpose on earth was. So how about you? Whose are you? Oh, I'm no one's. I'm, I'm my own man. Oh my goodness, I've heard particularly men say that. I'm my own but No one dictates to me. I, I'm my own person. Well, bless you for that opinion. But I, unfortunately, I think you all are wholeheartedly wrong because everyone is kind of owned by something, whether it's your family, whether it's your lineage, whether it's your past. You have a, have a look and you will probably find. Maybe you actually deliberately don't live in any way connected and like you belong to anyone in any way. Maybe you live a bit more like an orphan where you're, like you're utterly self-sufficient. I, I will do everything for myself. I will never need to rely on other people. Maybe you have relied on them and they've let you down. Who are you? Do you know who you are? Do you know what you have going for you? Do you understand the precious uniqueness of your design? You're not just uh, a a person of which there are nearly seven billion others. No, not of you there's not. There's one of you, just one. You might even be a twin. There's still only one of you. So whose are you? Who are you? And what's your purpose? What's the contribution that only you can bring How has God planned for you to bring about his plans in other people's lives? How are you to be making life richer and fuller for others? And I think that as I've just said those words, there's someone who's just answered that. And I think you answered it inside. I don't think you even voiced it outside. How can I make life richer and fuller for others? And I think you've just said, get out of the way. And that's a lie. It is not the truth. That you need to get out of the way. So as we prepare for entry. And we come out of re-entry. And we come out of lockdown. Now. Right now. Today. This morning. Is the perfect time to find out. Whose you are. It's a great time. To ask the question of who you are. And. What you were designed to do. What's your purpose. I believe. Only really God can truly help with those answers. Only the original designer, creator, can reveal the thoughts, the care, the attention to detail. For any art buffs who've looked at the Sistine Chapel and they've looked at the ceiling, they would probably love just a few moments with Michelangelo to ask some questions, wow, how did you do that? Why that? Why that, why that shape? Why, why that angle? Don't let the enemy whisper lies in your ear about whose you are. And we all have had that. Even if you don't necessarily believe in a God and you may not necessarily believe in any kind of enemy or devil or something. We've all had those whispers. And they're certainly not from God. Don't let Facebook or the expectations of others tell you who you are or who you should be. And please don't fall for the lie. That you were born for nothing, that you have no purpose, that God has no plans for you. That when God spoke over his people, for I know the plans I have for you, they're plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. And you will come to me, oh, except you. I've got great plans for everyone on this planet, but not you. I'm sorry. It's just lies. It's lies. So let's just take a moment and let God begin to speak to you. Maybe you'll take some time this week to just reflect on whose are you? To look a bit more at the question, who are you? What makes you tick? What's unique to you? What's precious about you? And I think once you've got those two at least slightly in the can, you can move on and say, what's my purpose? What's my purpose? What am I here to do? What what did God design me to do? Like when we find that thing on the ground and we go, what was this designed for? This has got a purpose. This isn't random. So let's just take a few moments. Holy Spirit, will you speak to people, even right now, that they would understand whose they are, they would understand who they are. And from there they would know exactly what they were designed for. I think even right now on the subject of purpose I think even right now I can see God dropping like um, they're like little (laughs) random but they're like little fireballs they're like little ball bearings but they're incredibly hot and and like he's just dropping them it's just dropping them into people's hearts and lives. But God's saying, it may look like a ball bearing, but this is a seed. This is a seed. And this, is going to, this is going to do something in you that, that, that gives you the, the knowledge. It gives you the wisdom. It helps you with the courage to be able to step into the thing that God has for you. Yeah, they're dropping in. They're going into here. I can see some people quite literally sat where they are. Even slightly disconnected, and then suddenly, oh wow! What was that? Connect with God. Ask Him about it. Maybe you've never said yes to God at all. You don't really know whose you are, and you think, well, I, I didn't know that. That I I could. I've been bought at a price. I've been God's paid for me. like, like He's given everything He can just to reconnect with me. Yeah. He says, do you want to come and be in my family? Do you want to know me as dad? That's an invitation that is open. The God of the universe is inviting you to know him as dad. And if you want to do that, you don't need to follow some set prayer. You don't need to find the chair that I prayed in all those years ago. You can go out for a walk this afternoon. You can, where you are sat right now, you can just reach out to him. Say, God, I want to know you. Maybe you can come up with a better prayer than I did of God, if you're there, I want to know you. That was my prayer. But thank you, Father, for the preciousness of your presence with us. Thank you that as we emerge from lockdown, you are not looking for us to go back. But we have the opportunity to forge a slightly different path. To live out of and into our purpose What you had us born to do give us the courage to embrace that throw everything else aside and run after it amen if you would like some prayer you can hop over to church online the address will come up um, and you can head there and there'll be people there waiting who would love to pray with you other than that We hope you have a fantastic week. Thank you so much for trusting us with your Sunday morning. Lots of love from us to you. We will be looking to get back into this room at some point. Obviously, government guidance has come out. Stay tuned. We will keep you updated with how we are doing on that. Have a brilliant week. Lots of love from us. See you soon. Thanks for listening to our podcast today, and we hope you enjoyed it. For more information, visit ashfordvineyard.org or maybe drop into something if you're nearby. In the meantime, have a great week and know just how loved you are.